Good morning. Thanks for joining us today. My name's Georgie and I've got here today Robert Lee Johnston. He's an author from Far North Queensland and um, this is part of a three series of uh, interviews. Um, so Robert um, Lee Johnston's just released his new book, Tribute. It's, um, it's a book about orphans, it's a book about revenge and love and growing up and, uh, and uh, well, I guess I don't want to give too much away. Robert's been heard on the radio on ABC and I've managed to track him down. And uh, in my search, I found that Robert Lee Johnson's actually not your real name and a pen name. So welcome, Robert. Maybe we can start with that question. G'day, Georgia. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a pen name. Um, it's just a combination of people that were uh, important in my life. So I've... Uh, I, I like it, and plus I'm a blues fan, so uh, Robert Leroy Johnson was um, a blues player in America, one of the first. So uh, I'm trying to be the first of my style of writing as well. And uh, and you just didn't want to be known by your real name, I presume? No, no. That's fair enough. <clears throat> um, so now, Tribute. I've heard some very divided views about this book. It's uh, it's not a book for the faint-hearted, I must say. Um, so, yes. How would you classify this book? Well, that was a t that's a tough question because uh, I had to classify it for the digital audience and I went with uh, literature and coming of age. Um, I could have easily went with horror, thriller, um, lots of different categories, but I, I, I just chose those two because that's honestly what it is. It, there's, there's lots of uh, prose in there that I'm really proud of and... Uh, I've tried to capture with the literary writing side of it as much of uh, Australia's rawness that I could. Um, and, and I've just felt that um, for my debut novel, I wasn't going to tread lightly. I, I was going to um, write a book that was divisive. So I've purposely done that. I've purposely picked tough topics. And it is indeed very raw and um, powerfully articulated, I must say. Um, you've got a real no-nonsense approach and just basically just throws you in the deep end. It immediately draws you in that first chapter and almost smacks you in the face. I didn't know what to um, what to react or, or how to deal with what I was reading. I, I, well, I, to be honest, I had to put it down. Well, that that is a very powerful part of the book, I think. Um, people will throw this thing away. Um, you know, some some people will not be able to get through the first chapter. Um, but I'm really not interested in those readers. Um, I'm more interested in the readers that look deeper than the average person and 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 uh, think of things a little more laterally and outside the box. Um, this book is purposely confronting in the first chapter as well because I don't want to be unfaithful to my readers or myself as a writer. Uh, I didn't want to suck people in for four or five chapters as some books do and then throw something obnoxious at you. I want people to know from the very first sentence what they're getting themselves into. I think there's a fair warning on the back as so far as, uh, you know, an explanation into the book and, and, and people that have imagination and depth in their reading, I think that they will like the honesty that I've approached this with. And, um, yeah, I've just thrown away all my fears uh, as a writer and just gone with things that hurt. And if they hurt me to write them, then I think they will hurt and affect the people that read it. 
And it is very honest, isn't it? There's, you you really don't um, pull any punches back on, on, on this writing. And so how did you learn to, to write this way, to just put your thoughts out there and, 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 um, and almost not worry about what the reader's reading? It's just... Well, it wasn't school that I learned from. I was... Um... I failed general maths every year that I was at school. I failed remedial English every year I was at school. And it wasn't necessarily because I was dumb. I, I just was very easily distracted. And uh, every single report card I have will say, Robbie is very easily distracted. And uh, <clears throat> it wasn't that I wasn't interested. Well, it is. It, I wasn't interested in what they were teaching me. And I learnt the basics, of course, through school, but I was far more interested in the 10 or 15 people sitting either side of me and how they got there and what their lives were. And my imagination would run riot. And uh, that was very unhelpful for a productive life. Um, uh, I was a hell of a liar as a child because my imagination just would run rampant. And, uh, and I was so bored with my own existence that... Um, I was much more interested in everyone else's existence. So, you know, I just made stories up as a kid. Well, anyone that's very close to me as a child will tell you I was the biggest liar in the world. They'd know I hadn't done or been to these places, but I'd make these stories up. And um, it wasn't until uh, I probably left school two years later I, I got myself into a bit of trouble. And then I picked up a book and... Um, and it was Stephen King, of all people. It was the, the book that I first read that I picked, other than what the school was handing me, like Animal Farm and things like that. And I really wasn't interested in those books. Um, and then I, I started reading a lot of books, and I found that I didn't like 70% of the books I was reading. Uh, and even to this day, I haven't found the perfect book. You know, we're all searching that perfect book but um you know some come close and i have got authors that i adore and, and books that i adore um but i also come across a lot of books that i just can't finish not through any lack of book uh storytelling it's just the bored boring way of writing or uh, it doesn't move me quickly so i really wanted something that moves quickly punches from both hits and and confronts people to a certain degree um they're not taught topics we all talk about and and want to think about but um there's actually some beauty on the other side of these subjects in the way that people deal with with these subjects yeah so so the topics of most books is that that's, that's what sort of leaves you hanging leaves you wanting more i guess and and and, and with tribute I, I did find that i was quite interested in the person that wrote it you could sort of tell that he didn't have a university degree and and that's not being you know harsh or, or judgmental or anything yeah. like that but uh the background from where this voice came from was was very different to to that of a scholar you know you're no patrick wyker I'm, I'm afraid no no and, and uh you know you could you could be a little more recent in writers as well and i'm no tim winton um tim i believe has a you know a very studied background and, and scholarly background. Uh, I, I was, you know, I left school very young. Um, I was very young and very dumb. Um, I, I knew nothing. I, I still can't add that well, you know, I don't talk like I write. Um, and uh, I think 
that's where uh, some people expect me to come out with all sorts of, you know, um, philosophies and things like that. And, and I really don't have that stuff off the top of my head. I, I have to, when I sit with a pen, it, it sort of flows through me. And um, I, I, I definitely don't talk the way I write. So... So which part of you is in these characters? Which one of you is, is, is Robert well, Lee there's Johnson? There's a part of me in every one of those characters. Nearly all their faults are mine. Um, you know, I, I believe they're very good characters and, and strong characters because um, they all have weaknesses and they all have uh, faults like every single human. And I've they've got met. strengths too, of course. Of course, yes. And, and uh, <clears throat> So who's your favourite? Who's my favourite character? Bugs is my favourite character. Bugs? Yeah. Why Bugs? Oh, he bugs. sounds like a troublemaker, Bugs. Yeah, well, that's the sort of person I am attracted to as a, a friend in a male. You know, they're the sort of blokes I love. I love people that think completely different to me. I, I, I like people that... Um, Sounds like you just like trouble. I, I am very much attracted to that um, side of people, but, but not in a physical way or anything, just in a, in a storytelling manner. Um, but, yeah, Bugs reminds me of a few people that have challenged my mind my whole life, not in an um, educational way, just in the way they think and act and, and react to things, you know, is completely the opposite to me. And uh, I love people that are completely the opposite to me. I, I, um, I find if, if people have too much in common, I, I suddenly um, bore with yeah. them. Well, my favourite was Pops. He Pops. made me cry. Yeah, Pops. And, um, <clears throat> and the language that he uses, it took me a while to actually work out what he was saying. But mm-hmm. you know, after a, a, a few pages, I could sort of string together his, his dialogue a little bit better. And um, he, um, I don't know, he, he was like a father figure. He was a, a magical kind of character, you know. There was that mystique about him. Mm-hmm. And there and- was also that, that anger in him that I found really um, – quite drawn to and um and he felt real oh know? well that is powerful powerful stuff and and i really worked hard on on putting two aboriginal characters in there and pops is um such a beautiful character and i i tried really hard to capture a magic realism there if you like with the um turn of phrase that he uses and his connection to to the uh, country in Australia, his country. And, is he based uh, on anybody that you know? Is course. he based on experiences yeah. that you've been through as a, as a kid, perhaps? Yes, that's right. And, um, you know, people people I grew up with <clears throat> were test readers. It was important for me to remind them of their childhood. And uh, when I got their reactions, and they were good reactions, I knew I'd sort of hit the nail on the head there. And <clears throat> yes, we had important Aboriginal people in our lives as a child. And, um, very elderly Aboriginals too, and and so we caught the tail end of pretty fresh stories, and we were uh, colour blind as children, of course, as as all children are. So we weren't treated as a colour by them, and so we heard them talk um, in school, if you like. You know, we never heard them uh, hide their language from us or anything like that. So we got to hear a lot of things that weren't common knowledge and we got to see a beautiful side of these people how much uh, you know they loved their culture and and uh, we saw as children people like pops um, wither away and and um, that generation 
get lost. You could really feel the love he had for his land through Pops. I think that's what really drawn me to him. Like you mm-hmm. could sort of almost um, – you could really picture the scenery a lot better of, of the greenery and the – um, and the trees that surrounding him and the areas, uh, the waterfalls and, and um, you know, the descriptions of, of, of the forest while he was in it almost seemed to actually be more animated and come more to life um, than when other people were in the forest. I don't know whether, whether that makes sense. No, no, that's very important. That was another part of the, again, the word they call this is magic realism you know it's not magic like a harry potter movie or anything like that it's the it's the magic behind the love that people have that connection perhaps to to our our country and 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 regardless whether you're aboriginal or born here or or naturalized here um you know we all probably should care for our country i'm not talking as the country as a whole but you know on my farm i call this this is my country this is our country here uh you know, your country, you take care of your bit of country and love it a little bit harder and maybe notice things a little bit more. And Pops uses a beautiful quote where he says, if you look proper, you'll see. And and that's very true in a rainforest. Uh, you, you can walk through a rainforest with your head down and not really notice anything, you know, but then you can stop for five minutes and just sort of be aware. And um, suddenly there is a magic in the rainforest. There is voices in there there is things to notice and life to see uh and that philosophy if you like without being moralistic can can be placed on every part of life you know we can watch the news and see victims get hurt or we can really sympathize with these victims and try to try to understand and try to try to change things you know if we if we don't look properly or look proper as pop said um we'll never see and uh, I'm a big believer in that in all facets of life. And he was the kind of bloke that I'd really like to sit by a campfire with and listen to his stories all night. And that's, I guess that's the kind of feeling I get from him, you know, it's like taking you back to your childhood and, and right. sitting around that nice hot fire and that's camping right. out in, under the stars. And, and it's not a bad thing to love the country you live in and, and uh, the area you live in. I, I went to Amsterdam recently and everyone wears shoes there. Everyone and, and uh, I was I was injured still at the time, but I was barefoot a lot of the time, and um, people were um, always asking me why I was barefoot. And I, I said, oh, I like to feel Amsterdam under my feet. What your what your country feels like under my feet, and none of them people have worn shoes since they were children. I've not been without shoes since they were children. So, you know that connection to their home, their earth, the the soil that they live on, is pretty much lost through a rubber sole 